Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. Such a time as this. When we don't have marching orders or we don't know exactly what to do or things aren't working out like I thought, you're more apt, hopefully, to sit and wait upon the Lord, to be still. Well, we learn through the waiting. We learn how to get through life. We learn how, how, what, why, what was causing certain situations. And in that waiting time, we actually did learn a lot. I don't mean we learned like, you know, school, went to school or anything. But we were in God's Word. We're in that time of, of praying and God's Word just comes alive. And He's instructing us. See, now you're quiet to where you can listen. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear part one of this timely, deeply discerning message from Pastor Shane titled, When Heaven is Silent. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, once encouraged his congregation with this. If the Lord Jehovah makes us wait, let us do so with our whole hearts, for blessed are those that wait for Him. He is worth waiting for. The waiting itself is beneficial to us. It tries faith, exercises patience, trains submission, and endears the blessing when it comes. The Lord's people have always been a waiting people. Today, Pastor Shane clearly defines waiting on God, trusting always in his faithfulness that he will act on behalf of those who patiently wait for him. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. We're picking back up in Revelation 8. So if you haven't been here, you might want to go back and listen to the the messages. Something really stood out uh, to me that I want to talk to you about because it's so important on this topic of when heaven is silent. Anyone been there in your prayer life? When it's silent... You don't know what, what course to take next. You don't know how to get through something. Uh, Lord, why aren't you answering this prayer? Things don't seem to be changing. They actually seem to be getting worse. And so what we're going to look at what to do when heaven is silent. So it's not really um, an um, expository message through the Revelation 8. I'll try to get to that next Sunday. But I did want to stop here and just talk about this, this portion of Revelation 8. But I, the irony is, many commentators, it's funny, as I was studying commentators, I, I kind of realized this, or thought this in the past, but didn't want to really, you know, say much. But it seems to me like chapter 8 should not start at chapter 1, uh, chapter 8 should not start at verse 1. I'm going to put it up there. It seems like it, it ends with chapter 7. 
but for some reason when they divided the Bible into a chapter and verses about 1500 and 1500 or so 500 years ago they decided to put this one eight eight start chapter eight with this verse but let's go back what I talked about last time these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. That was in Revelation 7. And so there seems to be not just tribulation that we all go through, but a season of great tribulation. And the verbiage that Jesus uses uh, it makes it think appear like it's, it's going to be a, a cataclysmic event for the whole earth. And over the past couple months, I've talked about different views out there that some think that the, the, this whole tribulation period was was. Uh, regarding AD 70 when Titus overcame Jerusalem but we do see the language here seems to be more of something that is is, is more global uh, or at least the scope is is a lot more than just Jerusalem and so he's talking about these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and they washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And if you didn't hear the message I gave a few weeks ago on living fountains of water, make sure to make that a point and do that this week because that is so important. I believe second only to salvation, and I really believe this, I've I've said this for years, second only to salvation, obviously that's the primary message, that's that's the, the main thrust of church. I believe second is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. That, that, that deep work of the Holy Spirit, that living the waters, the drinking deeply of the waters of living water. And Jesus said, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. And we sing that sometimes. Uh, for example, that Let It Rain song. Madeline was going back and forth into Spanish. I don't know if you caught that. She's not speaking tongues in Spanish. Right? I didn't know if anybody's going to say anything. But, uh, and so, you let it rain. And, and some people really understand what it means, but some people don't. Or when we say, God rend the heavens, well, come down, aren't you already here? I mean, and, and so a lot of times <clears throat> people get stuck on that concept of fountains of living water or coming down and being among his people or the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I've talked about this a lot before, but it is important, I think, because especially on this topic, you, God is everywhere. We know that. But there's something profound that takes place when, I don't know exactly how you want to define it, you know, when his manifest presence is somewhere in the atmosphere, it's just electric. And, and it's, it's terminology, right? John MacArthur can say manifestation, no big deal. Benny Hinn says it, and oh my goodness, right? It's, it's, that, it's that charismatic kind of manifestation presence of God. And it, it's biblical. It's biblical where at certain times when God, you can feel his presence. They ever heard that term cut? You can cut it with the knife, the atmosphere of God. And, and when he begins to revive his people and, and people are broken at the altar, that's what we're asking. Because business as usual is not going to cut it anymore especially in our nation. And so that's when we say, Lord, let it rain. Let the fullness of your spirit come down into our hearts. Rend the heavens, rip them open. Yes, you're everywhere, but would you make your presence known here to your people? Convict us, encourage us, fill us. 
It's a plea, it's a cry for more of God. Desperate for more of God. It's, it's, it's thoroughly biblical, but I know some people, depending on where they're at in their faith, sometimes get confused by, uh, especially the topic of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I've never seen such a divisive topic in the church as that of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times people who've experienced that power and the presence of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit and the unction of the Spirit, they never want to go back. They've seen people healed. They've seen legitimate prophetic words. And they, 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 hey, the Bible says it. I believe it. But then there's others who haven't. And so they're kind of, there's that, there's that going back and forth. Right, like, no, you guys are just weird. You're out of control. It's emotionalism. But remember, you can be straight as a gum barrel theologically and just as empty. And so just wanting the, the, the more of the Spirit's power, Paul even said that, pray being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I touched upon a few weeks ago. Living fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Praise God for that moment. And then this could still be in chapter 7, but again, it, it begins with eight, uh, chapter 8. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half hour. Now that's interesting. I looked at about eight different commentaries and nobody seems to know exactly why heaven was silent. And you can see, right, if you just, if you just take that verse, I mean, we can speculate Hmm, I, maybe it was because of this. Maybe it was because of that. But there was silence in heaven for about half of an hour. That's a long time. And one of the commentaries, Ellicott, said this. This proclaims to us a deep time of unbroken tranquility when the cries and groans of the earth and even the grateful doxologies of heaven are hushed into calm. Matthew Henry he was about 350 years ago, his commentary. All was quiet in the church, for whenever the church on earth cries through oppression, that cry reaches up to heaven, or it is a silence of expectation. It could be the seventh seal is being opened. Here comes, we're going to maybe next week, we'll obviously get into that the prayers of the saints and different things. But then there's silence in heaven for about a half hour. And I don't know about you, but it's hard when heaven is silent, is it not? Isaiah 64.12 Lord, will you restrain yourself at these things? Will you restrain yourself at these things? Oh Lord, will you keep silent and afflict us beyond measure? There's always that call, always that cry of wondering, what, Lord, what are you doing? Psalm 28.1 To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Do not be deaf to me. For if you are silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. What do you do when God is silent? Isn't that a very challenging spot to be? It's difficult when prayers aren't being heard. Or God, are you even there? Are you even watching? Do you even, do you even care about me? What to do when God is silent? I will tell you this. Don't turn to other voices when God is silent. Because that's often when the competing voices are even louder. 
There's no such thing as an unmotivated person, just those who listen to the wrong influence. I think that's the next screen. Don't turn to other voices when God is silent. In the time of his distress, in the time of his distress, King, I pronounce his name, Ahaz, it appears. In the time of his distress, he became increasingly faithful to the Lord. Boy, that's an interesting scripture. So in our distress, when when things are difficult and heaven is silent, there's a tendency sometimes to what? Become unfaithful to the Lord. And it's not that we like, oh, forget God, I don't wanna, I don't wanna live for you anymore. And you, you, you just but there's a there's a there's an acting out of disobedience. Okay, I'm upset. God isn't doing this or that, or He's not hearing my prayers. I'm going through it, and so I turn for a season and become disobedient in my actions. That's why it's so important to hold that line. Isn't that where faith is really tested? I mean, it's, it's not too hard to walk with the Lord when prayers are being answered, those financial doors are open. Man, church, I just felt the presence of God all day. Well, hello. That's, that's not difficult. It's in, these, it's in the distressed seasons of life that we are really challenged, challenged to our core. So let's talk about this for a minute. What might God be doing when heaven is silent? Because I don't know about you, but I like some practical application. I, I want to know how to get through the, the, the silent seasons and many have prayed even, Lord, take this away. Anybody can relate? Lord, take this away. Heaven is silent. What is going on? Now, I wish I could give you the exact answer, but sometimes we don't know because every situation is different. What might, be, what might God be doing when heaven is silent? Well, number one, be encouraged that he is possibly and no doubt instructing you. Instructing you. Don't you listen better when the teacher calls out your name? Shane, listen up. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46.10 There's something in that stillness that we're allowed, we're not only allowed, but we can hear the still small voice of God even better. And that, that still small voice comes from the story of, of Elisha when he was running and he, he got away from the queen and, and God said, you know, he, that he, God's voice was not in the, the wind that broke the rock in pieces and not in the fire, and, but his, his voice was in that still small voice and learning to hear that still small voice so a lot of times when heaven isn't, when heaven is quiet, I'm probably going to listen a little bit more. So during the season, God is instructing us. And when, when we don't have marching orders, or we don't know exactly what to do, or things aren't working out like I thought, you're more apt, hopefully, to sit and wait upon the Lord, to be still. And then as weeks go by, how many of you can look back and say, boy, I learned so much? 
you didn't learn anything. God was silent. What do you mean you learned things? Well, we learned through the waiting. We learned how to get through life. We learned how, how, what, why, what was causing certain situations. And in that waiting time, we actually did learn a lot. I don't mean we learned like, you know, went to school or anything, but we were in God's word, we're in that time of, of praying and God's word just comes alive and he's instructing us. See, now you're quiet to where you can listen. It's hard to listen when you're talking. And God is sometimes talking, of course, obviously through his word, circumstances, but there's, there's certain times where he just doesn't say anything. I'm, I'm praying for this. It's not happening. It's actually getting worse. Ever, anybody pray for situations and they got worse? Marriage issues. Praying for your children. Praying for jobs. Job situations. <laughs> I know that happened to me in 2000. I was praying. This, I was in a bad work environment and it was not getting any easier. It was getting more difficult. And God taught me through that not to quit. To just see it through, not to quit. And then when he opens the door, that's when there's peace. Because he opened the door. He made it clear. You didn't leave for the, right, for the wrong reasons. And so silence, he teaches us. Number two, we can't overlook this. He could be convicting us. Convicting us. I'm going to share a verse, but I think I'm going to wait till I get down to, to a little bit more down on the list. So reflection helps us see more clearly. So when God's not answering, could it be there's, God's wanting to convict us to make some changes, convict us to do things differently? And that reflection time helps us see more clearly. So how do you know if he's instructing versus convicting? Well, I think, I don't know, if, 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 if we usually know the difference, don't we? Convicting is, I don't want to do that, Lord. No, no, please, no. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm going to ignore God today. Wake up on Monday, I'll, ah, that conviction's still there. Oh, Lord, I don't want to deal with, I don't want to do that. I'm going to ignore you. Maybe I'll be like, and then like Jonah, God brings a storm. And so that conviction is that, that gnawing at you, that you know you need to do something that God wants you to do. That's a lot different than just waiting and listening to God and saying, Lord, I'm ready, whatever, I know you're instructing me, teach me, what do you want to show me? Because the conviction, I think it was Charles Spurgeon who called the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven. The hound of heaven. He will hound you. And so that convicting work and the Spirit often just convicts us. Get rid of that critical heart. Go forgive that person. Get, get rid of that, that besetting sin. And that conviction, that conviction. And so, many times, our prayers aren't answered until we deal with this issue. And I don't want to, I mean, this would take a whole sermon, or I'm a, this, this rabbit trail I'm about to take you on. But there are times where God's not going to move you further in the ministry or in other areas, things you're praying for, until you deal with this issue He's wanting you to deal with. If there's a, you know, get rid of this. God's shaping. He, he's not going to bypass that and, and, and 
and have you move into other areas of ministry or other prayer requests or some of you praying for a spouse. I know I was when I was single, but God's wanting me to deal with some things first. You're not supposed to find Mrs. Wright. You're supposed to be Mr. Wright first. And so God's showing me like, no, so I was hindering certain things. Or if he's calling someone, let's say, to a position in ministry or pastoring, there are often some, some things you have to deal with first. And, and these convictions. Or uh, if God wants, let's say, wanting us to really experience a powerful week during Ren the Heavens, he could be convicting some of us to make some relationships right. Correct? But come on, folks, let's just be honest this morning. We don't all come in here perfect. Even though you have a solid relationship with Jesus Christ, the enemy is still at work. Strongholds are still strong. And he's wanting us to go deeper, even with fasting. Could it be convicting some of us to fast in in preparation for rend the heavens? Fasting is one of the best things you can do to, to really literally starve the appetites of the flesh so you can hear the voice of God more clearly. And I know people that, that think it's legalism or, or um, things like that, but it's not. It's biblical. It's a, it's a very biblical concept. So instructing you, convicting you, you will know the difference. Instructing your waiting, convicting you're trying to avoid it. Avoid what God has called you to do. I'm curious, so is there, is there, how many of us are here this morning that know God wants us to do something, but we've been avoiding it? Let's try this again. That's good though, right? So could it be that that is the stumbling block to that next season where God wants to bring you? That next thing He wants to do in your life? To, to, and again, I'm not talking about living perfectly and we have this incredible perfect walk with the Lord. We never fall, we never falter. But there's something special about dealing with that issue that God wants you to deal with that God wants to be resolved in your heart and in your life. I'm going to ask, hopefully I remember to ask that question at second service. See if we get a little more honesty. (laughs) Number three, timing. Timing, 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 timing. I don't like God's timing. Anybody can relate? (laughs) He's never in a hurry. He could care less about my agenda. He could care less I'm getting older. Things are getting more difficult. God, what is your timing? What is your timing? His sovereignty, as you've heard me say many times, must become your reality. So you need, we need to remove the, the lens we sometimes look through in my what I call my sovereignty or my plans And we need to remove those and put God's sovereignty in there. His sovereignty is our sanity. That's why I say that. The only way to stay sane in this world is believing and understanding that God is sovereign. He governs the affairs of men. So even though it's not my timing, God, you are are sovereign. I'm trusting in you. And many times he sees the whole picture. And we've noticed, have you ever scene where people really can destroy their life if they're promoted too early or if they they want something too soon and they're not their time sometimes god lets the person do that 
Sometimes he, he allows them, the, the difference between his perfect will and permissive will that theologians would, would talk about often. Number four, this is a little bit different than instructing. Teaching, he's, he's implanting knowledge and wisdom into my heart. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. Such a time as this. You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship.